gentlemen, and welcome to the January 10th, 2016 edition of Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. You can send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. An enormous thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade, and if you've won a championship within that time, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our episodes of The Court Report, plus you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Guess what, folks? We've hit a milestone here at The Court Report. Tonight, we mark the 50th episode of The Court Report. I want to thank all of you who have tuned in from the very beginning, as well as a huge thank you to the big man himself, Nachum Siegel, who is a huge Yeshiva League fan in his own right. Uh, Without all of you, none of the last two and a half seasons of The Court Report would even be remotely possible. Uh, If you are a new fan, we hope that you listen in for the next 50 and celebrate our 100th episode with us as well. Today's show, all four boys leagues had an interesting week as it pertains to bottom playoff teams with relatively light weeks from those at the top. Also, varsity basketball has a Scott Satran tournament that we will briefly touch on this week with more information hopefully to come the week ahead. Finally, we're going to give you the scoop on girls sports where several divisions in the three leagues have been locked up with key wins this week and two that are very, uh, still very much up in the air. Uh, just to give you a note, Uh, Over the next few weeks, we will be doing our playoff preview where we will give you the rundown for each league, what the playoff situations look like in each league, the possible matchups, and how far each team can actually go as it pertains to entering or not entering the postseason of play. So uh, for this week, though, sit back and listen up because the court report is about to tip off. I'm going to start off today's show with basketball. We'll start out in varsity basketball. We'll run through the week of action, and we'll also give you a look at the Scott Saxon Memorial Tournament, which wrapped up today in Hafter. We'll take a look at the first couple of days. Uh, We'll give you today's results next week, Uh, but we do have the first three days of action to recap in that for you. Let's start out again in the varsity league. Starting out in the east, YDE and Flatbush faced last week, both Brooklyn 
teams came into this game on similar runs for the Falcons. The squad had won five straight coming into this game, going undefeated in the month of December, last losing to DRS in the week leading up to the Thanksgiving vacation. Their latest victory, the win over JEC that we mentioned last week. For the Thunder, starting off the season at 0-5, they'd won six of their last seven, with the only loss in that stretch coming at the hands of Hafter in early December. The last victim in that stretch, the Hank Hurricanes. Uh, this game had implications for both squads, with Rambam at 7-5, and five, Flatbush at 7-3, and three, and YDE and Hank both at 6-6. Six and six. Every win would be important in the race for a first-round home game. Only two of these squads would be able to host, uh, while unless Mac and David makes a late run to this season, the other two uh, will need to travel. If Mac and David makes that run, one of those teams will not make it. One streak needed to snap in this one, and thanks to the play of Jack Saye and Morris Basul, it would not be the Thunders picking up the win number seven in a 53-49 YDE victory. Now the Thunder have a five-game winning streak of their own going. Speaking of Ron Rombaum and Mac and David, the two of them faced off last week as well. Rombaum, however, was able to keep pace with YDE, pulling out an 11-point win over the Warriors 59-48. Jacob Dubin and Jack Ross each dropped double digits on the night for the Ravens, earning their eighth win on the season. As a result, they are still one game up on YDE and take a one-game lead over Flatbush and a two-game lead over Hank. The Ravens have only one game left, a tilt with MTA. A win will assure them of hosting a first-round game, a loss, and things have the potential to get a bit dicey. We'll get into that over the next few weeks when we discuss the playoff preview over the vacation right here on the Court Report. For now, though, the East is mostly at a standstill, with only Hafter playing a game between now and February 1st. The Hawks will face TABC this coming Wednesday. Moving out to the West, uh, MTA and Kushner faced off last week. Only one win separated these two teams coming into the game, but the outlook for each could not have been more different. MTA at 3-7, and seven, still entertaining dreams of playing a postseason basketball game as they battle in a pack of four teams all looking for one of the last three spots. Kushner, on the other hand, at 2-10, and 10, pretty much relegated to another season without a postseason berth. In the bright spot for the Cobras, Sam Bernstein led the game with 15 points. However, it would be the lone bright spot, though, as the Lions rolled over the Cobras 40-25 to for their fourth win. Yehuda Colton led MTA with 10 points in the victory. MTA would be in action again, taking on TABC. The Storm, at that point 3-6, and six, needed a win not only to pull into a tie with MTA, but to also stay afloat with their schedule ahead. We'll get uh, into that in a minute. The Storm were able to hold the Lions off, winning 48-45. to 45. So the win tied the two teams in wins, but with TABC now holding the tiebreak and two games in hand, all the more important given that TABC's schedule is just brutal. With Frisch last night, which we'll get to in a second, Hafter, SAR, and DRS. It'll need to hope that MTA does not pick up a win, and uh, the games against Hillel, the game originally scheduled for last week that was played today, and they'll also play against Rambam in February. So it's not as if MTA has easy games ahead either. It's, it, it's very possible you could see a team making the playoffs with a 4-10 and record out in the West. That being said, Frisch and TABC did play last night, and as I was prepping for tonight's show last night, I got a Facebook message from Judy Herzfeld uh, to the effect of, 
of TABC being up early in this contest. I made a comment about this being the same old Frisch TABC battle where TABC goes up early, slowly loses the lead, and then makes a late run before falling away. I was sort of relying on the game I was at last year where TABC went up very, very big in the first half, I believe had a 12-point lead at the half, and then dropped it in the third and fourth. And earlier this year where something similar to that happened. Um, I didn't realize exactly how right and how wrong I would be, though. The Storm opened up a 21-13 lead before Frisch went on a 15-3 run to end the first half, with the Cougars holding a four-point lead into the locker room. Uh, that was the part I got right. What followed did go according to the general format. Frisch continued to build the lead, holding a five-point lead at the end of three and an eight-point lead with two and a half to go. But in the span of 90 seconds, TABC was able to cut the lead to two. Frisch would have the chance to close the game out, but an errant pass intercepted by TABC turned into two points for TABC to tie the game at 48-48 and would head to overtime. In the overtime session, the teams would trade the lead back and forth. With 10 seconds to go, TABC holding a 58-50 lead, but with time winding down, Andrew Langer found Noah Schechter, who drained the game winner at the buzzer for Frisch 59-58. The win for Frisch ties them with JEC with a game in hand, and the two should be in for a dogfight down the stretch for, unless Hillel folds down the back, the second seed in the Varsity West. For TABC, the loss needs to be just as encouraging as it is deflating. The Storm came very close to putting the pressure on the Lions, and still can. Really, one win in their final three games will force MTA to have to win both of their remaining games against teams who will also be fighting for playoff positioning down the stretch, as we just said, Hillel and Rambam. Meaning that TABC can technically still not win a game the rest of the season, and still make the playoffs. In other action last night, Hillel and Ramaz did battle, def uh, Hillel defeating Ramaz 76-65. Hillel led 22-14 after the first and kept on building, taking a 16-point lead into the fourth quarter. Ramaz exploded in the fourth for 24 points, but could not close the gap. Robert Tobias led all scorers with 21 for Hillel. Sam Reich led Ramaz with 16 in the loss. Uh, the win helps Hillel keep pace with Frisch and JEC at 7-5, and five, now behind both with this, uh, by a single win, but still trailing in the loss column. The loss, however, is devastating for Ramaz as it officially eliminates them from playoff contention. Even if they were to win their last remaining game against Flatbush and MTA and TABC both lose out and all teams were to finish at 4-10, and 10, Ramaz does not hold the tiebreak in a three-way scenario. Again, Hill and MTA faced off today, so uh, we'll have more news next week as to how that playoff scenario works itself out. Taking a look quickly at the varsity basketball standings in the East DRS, 12 and 0, still at the top. Hafter 9 and 2, Rambam at 8 and 5. Those three have already clinched playoff berths. Flatbush, YDE, Meg and David, and Hank are all fighting for the remaining spots. Flatbush and, and YDE at seven wins. Flatbush at seven and four. YDE at seven and six. Hank right behind them at six and six. Mag and David hanging on by a thread. Flatbush and YDE can clinch with a win of their own or a Mag and David loss. Hank needs a win of their own and a Mag and David loss. North Shore and Shari Torah, uh, both with 11 losses. North Shore at one and 11. Shari at 0 and 11, finishing out the string. 
Out in the West, Heschel still undefeated at 10 and 0. JEC and Frisch both with eight wins. JEC at eight and four. Frisch at eight and three. Hillel at seven and five. SAR at five and four. TABC and MTA, the four win teams. TABC at four and seven. MTA at four and eight. Ramaz at three and ten. Kushner at two and eleven. Heschel, JEC, and Frisch having clinched berths. Ramaz and Kushner both eliminated. The rest of the teams will be fighting for that last few for the last three spots in the West. Looking at the games on the week ahead. There are a few games on the week. We have tomorrow night, we'll see JEC hosting Heschel. Wednesday, we'll have TABC and Hafter doing battle. Thursday night, we'll see SAR and Heschel. And then Saturday night, Frisch and SAR will meet up in Frisch. Now, as promised, we are going to uh, cover a little bit of the action going on in Hafter this weekend, the 2016 Scott Satcher Memorial Tournament taking place in Hafter. Eight teams competing this year, DRS, YDE, JEC, Host Hafter, uh, Hank, Ramba, Mag and David, and the team from Waterbury, Connecticut, all competing in a three, uh, sorry, a four-day event, three-round Robin games, and a Shabbaton included. So uh, teams really get a chance to uh, forge that camaraderie over Shabbos in the Long Island Five Towns area. Uh, action thir- started on Thursday with DRS, Hank, JEC, and Hafter taking victories. I'll just give you a little uh, synopsis now, and hopefully next week we can have a little more information on each of the games for you. DRS defeating Waterbury on day one, Hank uh, defeating YDE 48-25, to JEC topping Rombaum, and Hafter downing Meg and David 65-44. to Friday had Waterbury dominating Mag and David 63 to 26. We'll talk a little more about them next week, but Waterbury looked extremely impressive in this event. One can only imagine how they would do if they were actual participants in the Yeshiva League. Hafter defeating JEC 64 to 44. Jesse Katz with two points to cap off the game. Hank defeating Rombaum. And DRS dropping YDE 52 to 30. Last night, four games on the night, DRS defeating Hank. Rombaum uh, bouncing back to defeat YDE 53 to 41. And JEC defeated Mag and David. And Hafter defeated Waterbury 70 to 51. Again, Waterbury with an impressive showing despite the loss. To this morning, Tier 1 action was as follows. DRS, the number one seed after a coin flip last night, facing Hank. And Hafter, the two, facing JEC. In Tier 2, Rombaum, the one seed, taking on YDE. And Waterbury, the two seed, taking on Mag and David. The uh, the playoff game, sorry, the the final games are, are were played a, a couple of uh, minutes ago, a couple of hours ago. The other three games, but the tier one finals should be a little late in the game. If you can run out to half to right now to take in some of the action, if not, we will look to have more for you next week right here on the Court Report. Moving over now to JV basketball, starting out in the East. Uh, Hank defeated Ezra 57-22 this week. The win for Hank virtually assures them of hosting a first-round playoff game, which we'll get to in just a second. Flatbush took two games in consecutive nights against Brooklyn opponents, defeating YDE 56-46 and then dropping Derek Hatora 50-39. So uh, Flatbush took down the initials YDE and YDH uh, two nights in a row. Flat, uh, against Derek Hatora, Flatbush's inside-outside game took care of the Bulldogs in the opening 16 
minutes, with Joe Catton scoring nine of his career-high 17 points in the first half, converting three three-pointers, and Jack Rosau finding success of his own on the inside, contributing eight points uh, in the first half by himself. Uh, the Falcons went into halftime with a 21-10 lead and would not relinquish that lead the rest of the night. Uh, the second half saw Rosau scoring 10 more points, finishing with 18 in the win. Uh, the win clinches a playoff berth for the Falcons at 5-4 and four, and gives them an opportunity still to move up in the standings with YDH uh, Derek Hattora will, uh, finishing their season at 6-4. and four. A Flatbush win over North Shore to end the season would tie them in wins but give Flatbush the tiebreaker and the fifth seed. Both teams, however, will be on the road for the playoffs anyways, as even if Flatbush, Derekatora, and Hank were all to finish at 6-4, and four, neither Flatbush nor Derekatora can jump ahead of Hank due to tiebreakers, which we'll discuss on the playoff shows over the next few weeks during the break. Moving out west, four games on the week, three extremely crucial ones. MTA defeating Kushner 53-43, to Maor defeating Heschel 55-45, to and TABC dropping MTA 45-38. to Now, why are those games key? Because of the way it leaves MTA and Maor. As a result of these three games, MTA and Maor are now locked in an interesting race for the final playoff spot out west. MTA is 5-4, and four, and Maor is 4-5. and five. Both will have games on the Wednesday that we come back from the break. The short answer as to how it can uh, go down is MTA needs a win to guarantee a playoff berth. If MTA wins, they'll be 6-4, and four, and no matter what Maor does in their game, they will not be able to catch them. If, however, they end up tied, if they win, if sorry, if MTA loses and Maor wins, Maor has a tiebreaker by virtue of their win a few weeks ago. So Maor will make the playoffs. Uh, if a Maor loss obviously ends any discussion. So otherwise, if uh, if MTA loses and Maor wins, Maor will get the sixth playoff spot. Otherwise, it'll be MTAs to take. And in a game that happened last night, Frisch defeated TABC 55 to 45, putting a little more uh, a little more. Uh, space between them and the third seed in the division. Again, SAR and Frisch, both undefeated. TABC now with uh, with their third loss on the season and will, uh, will be in contention for a first-round playoff game, whereas Frisch right now has put themselves in great position, uh, having clinched a first-round bye, and will do battle with SAR down the, down the backstretch of the season to... Uh, to gain that uh, first ra- that first playoff spot. Uh, today's games, uh, there's one game that could mean a ton to a particular division, and one game that doesn't really mean much at all. Back in the East, Megan David and DRS will do battle today. This game could very well decide the shape of the JV East for the remainder of the regular season. And DRS enters this game undefeated at 8-0, while Megan David, on a roll, enters at 7-1. Should DRS win, or if DRS win, we'll, won, we'll say at this point, and the division becomes relatively easy. DRS would win the division as they would be 9-0, and and Hafter could only reach 9 wins at best, with DRS already holding the tiebreak. Megan David would then be 7-2, and two, and with Hafter at 8-1, and one, the second place in the division will come down to the game between the two. The winner of that game would take second place, either with Hafter winning, becoming 9-1, and one, and Megan David at 7-3, and three, or the two ending up tied at 8-2, and two, with Megan David uh, having won that game, and a tie break to Megan David as a result. If Megan David won today, 
all three teams would be 8-1, and one, and it would come down to the last games to decide who the number one division champion would be. We'll get to those scenarios when we do our playoff preview show over the next few weeks. In the other game, Hillel and Westchester, the only thing on the line is pride and knowing that one squad would earn a win on the season. Both teams are winless with Hillel at 0-8 and Westchester playing their last game of the season at 0-9. Taking a look at the standings for for JV basketball in the East DRS, uh, still at 8-0, Hafter at 8-1, Mag and David at 7-1, Derek Hattori finishing their season at 6-4, Hank finishing at five, uh, finishing the week at 5-3, Flatbush right behind them at 5-4. All six of those teams have clinched playoff berths. Uh, the rest of the league is just playing out the stretch. YDE and North Shore at 3-6, and six, Rambam at 2-7, and seven, Ezra at 1-7, and, and Shari Torah at 0-9. Out West, five teams already clinched a playoff berth. Frisch also having clinched a first-round bye. Uh, SA, uh, sorry, at 8-0. Eight, at eight no. TABC at 7-3, and three finishing out their season, waiting to see what SAR does. SAR currently at 6-0. and oh. Ramaz and JEC both currently sitting at 6-3. and three. Again, MTA and Maor fighting for that final spot. MTA at 5-4, and four, Maor at 4-5. and five. The rest of the West just playing out the rest of the string. Heschel at 3-5, and five, Kushner 2-7, and seven, Hillel and Westchester both winless, Hillel at 0-8, Westchester at 0-9. Looking at the week ahead, uh, three games, JEC will host Heschel on Monday, SAR and Ramaz will square off on Thursday, and then Frisch and SAR will do battle in, the ba- in what, depending on what happens in the SAR-Ramaz game, could be the battles of the undefeated next Saturday night. Moving over to girls basketball, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the girls leagues. We'll start out in girls A in the East. As it turns out, just about all of the matchups featured teams in direct conflict with each other for certain playoff spots. Hafter and Flatbush did battle at the top with undefeated Flatbush taking on 9-1 Hafter. One week after Flatbush defeated Hafter at the Barclays Center, the Falcons had the opportunity to close the East out with a win, but could not pull it off, falling to the Hawks by two, 29 to 27. With both at 10 and 1, this now sets up a scenario where both teams could finish the season with the same record and come down to a coin flip. The two have both clinched first round home games. In a game featuring the two teams in the middle of the East Pack, Ramaz at 5 and 4 met up with 4 and 6 North Shore. Ramaz took a commanding 29 to 11 lead into the fourth quarter and cruised to victory despite being outscored 8 to 2 in the final quarter of play. Brianna Rubenstein led Ramaz with 9 points in the win, Raya Hakakian hitting the game high with 10 for the Stars, more than half their point total on the night. The win clinches the playoff berth and the 3 seed for the Rams. Northshore would rebound with a win over Hank to finish their regular season at 5-7. and seven. The win drops Hank to 3-8 and eight and officially eliminates them from playoff contention despite their win earlier in the week over Central 35-26. to 26. In that one, Rachel Fellis again pacing Hank with 17 in the victory. Now, only Central stands in North Shore's path to clinching a playoff spot. The Wildcats at 3-6, and six, depending on the result of the game against winless Heschel earlier in the week that we do not have, have split the season series with North Shore. So one win in the last two games is where Central needs to force a tie, and I believe a play-in game depending on tiebreakers. Two Central wins, and the Wildcats would jump over the Stars into the fourth spot. 
Over in the West, an interesting situation developing at the top of the Varsity West. Much like last year, Breweria, SAR, and Frisch are going to take this down to the wire and potentially make a mess of the tie-breaking scenarios. Last year, the situation was averted, but given how things have played out so far and the remaining schedule, it's entirely possible that we could see all three teams tied at 10-2. and two. This past week, Breweria defeated Hillel 50-33, and Frisch topped SAR by 3, 47-44. Hillel is locked in the 4 seed at 6-5, and five, but Frisch's win over SAR makes a revenge win in their game on the other side of the break a recipe for a three-way tie, uh, with SAR facing Hillel today and Bruria facing Maya Note today to finish off the season. Stay tuned to the court report to watch this situation unfold. Over the week, SAR also defeated Westchester 54-14. In a game between two teams out of playoff contention, Maya Note demolished Kushner 73-41. Maya Note 73 points, the new season-high four points scored in girls' varsity A, topping the 67 that Breweria scored on them a month ago. Again, today, two games, Breweria and Maya Note, and SAR and Hillel. Taking a look at the standings in girls' varsity A, over in the East, again, Flatbush and Hafter tied at 10-1. and one. Both have clinched playoff berths and first-round home games. The question remains just uh, seeding and, uh, and matchup. Ramaz at 6-4 and four has clinched a playoff berth. And North Shore, Central, and Hank, uh, sorry, North Shore and Central still fighting for the last spot. Ramaz at 6-4, and four, North Shore at 5-7, and seven, Central at 3-6. and six. Hank at 3-8 and eight, again is eliminated, and Heschel uh, at 0-10 has already been eliminated. Over in the West, the four playoff teams have already been decided. Again, that race at the top, Frisch at 10-1, Breweria at 9-2, and, and SAR at 8-2, Hillel finishing in fourth at 6-5. Maya Note, Kushner, and Westchester are all gone. Maya Note at 3-7, and seven, Kushner at 1-10, and, and Westchester at 0-10. Look at the matchups on the week. Uh, again, we, we set up today's matchups. Tomorrow night, Westchester will face off against Kushner. That'll end the season for Kushner. And Thursday, we'll see Heschel and Ramaz face off. Moving over to girls JV, staying out in the West, Frisch defeating SAR 33-25. The win clinches the West Division title for the Cougars, who at 8-1 will now face the East 4-seed in the first round. SAR falls to 4-5, and, and barring a brewery run up the ladder, will finish in the West 3rd seed and travel in the first round. Mayanote defeated Kushner 40-31. The win solidifies Mayanote as the two-seed in the West. For Kushner, their season ends at 1-9, but the interesting scenario that we mentioned last week still remains, pending Mayanote and Breweria's game today. Should Breweria lose out, Breweria and Kushner, two one-win teams, would be tied at 1-9 and, and would need to play a play-in game for the right to be the fourth seed in the playoffs in the West and travel to North Shore in the first round. Cross game on the week. Uh, actually, we'll deal with both games. Uh, North Shore played two games on the week, defeating Maya Note 51 to 41, and then facing Ramaz in a game that North Shore pretty much led wire to wire. The Stars were able to lock down the Eastern Conference, defeating the Rams 32 to 29. Maya Leventhal scored 10 to pace the Stars, who will take the number one seed and face, as I said, the West number four seed. Flatbush took two games on the week, defeating Hafter 34 to 20 and Central 45 to 27. The win moves them to six and three and puts pressure on Hafter and Ramaz in the race for the second seed. Cross game uh, that we do not have. Bruria and Hafter played on Thursday night. We do not have their scores as of this time. 
looking at the standings for girls speed again north in the east north shore at eight and two has locked up the division hafter flappish and ramaz have all clinched playoff berths hafter at uh sorry flappish at six and three hafter at five and three ramaz at four and four central at one and nine sorry uh one and eight Moving over to the West, Frisch again having clinched the division at eight and one. Maya Note behind them at six and three takes a second spot. SAR at four and five, barring a run by Bruria, who is the only team that could overtake them. SAR will be the three. Bruria and Kushner tied with one win. Again, Bruria at one and six, Kushner at one and nine. The only game other than the ones today uh, will be Monday night. Uh, Ramaz will face off against Hafter. Moving over to girls B, uh, big games on the week. Shall have it upended Bruria by 134-33. SKA took two on the week, defeating uh, Mag and David and Shall have it. Uh, they're playing Bruria. They play Bruria today, and Bruria, uh, Bruria defeated Mag and David 46 to 20. Ilan and Shalamath played on Tuesday night. We do not have a score for that right now. The the standings as we have them: SKA at 8-0 at the top of the division. Shall have it at 7-2. Bruria at six and two, Elon at three and five, Meg and David at one and eight, Shalamis eliminated at zero and eight. Again, these teams playing twelve games on their regular season schedule. Once again, you are listening to the Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. I'm your host Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. We're going to start off our hockey recap of the week by going through JV hockey. This week, instead of doing the normal East, West, Central, and Cross, we're going to go through it by uh, playoff uh, battle and playoff implications, by what effect each game has on the top all the way to the bottom. So we're going to start off at the very top with a game that happened last Sunday, a cross battle between DRS and JEC. For each team, the implications of a win were the same. A win gives that team, either the uh, the Wildcats or the Thunder, their respective division crown. For the DRS Wildcats, it would be the East. For the JEC Thunder, it would be the Central Division. Implications for a loss for each team, however, were completely different. For DRS, a loss meant a blow to the chances at the top spot in the playoffs, but they would still be guaranteed a top three spot and potentially the second seed, depending on their game with Hafter on the other side of the break. For JEC, a loss could mean losing their opportunity to take something that was in their grasp all season the Central Division title. Thanks to Flatbush's last-minute heroics against Rombaum last week, JEC found themselves a point behind, and so a win or tie with the tiebreaker to JEC because of the tie versus Flatbush's overtime loss would give the Thunder the division. A loss in overtime would mean a coin flip between JEC and Flatbush, a loss in regulation, and the Thunder would hand Flatbush the Central Division crown and a top-three playoff spot. The game was a true goaltender's battle, with DRS's Jakey Friedman and JEC's Alex Seidman going toe-to-toe for much of the afternoon. DRS would get on the board first, however, with Yosef Adler putting in a goal to make it a 1-0 Wildcats lead, which would be extremely important considering how close this game really was. It would stay that way for much of the afternoon, but six minutes left in the third period. JEC on the power play. Aaron clear attempt hit Daniel Sofer in the leg and went into the JEC net 
to give DRS a 2-0 lead. Just to show you how important that was, literally half a minute later, Arye Marcus scored for JEC to put them at a one-goal deficit, 2-1 DRS. JEC would try frantically to uh, to score the equalizer, but could not get the job done. And DRS would walk away with the 2-1 victory. This would mean that DRS now stays in the running for a top-two playoff spot. For JEC, however, this would end up costing them the Central Division title. This JEC, as we'll get to later on, can still, uh, can still end up hosting a first-round playoff game. However, they will not walk away with the Central Division crown. Moving over to the West, Frisch and TABC did battle in the return game of game early on in the season. That was a 3-2 Frisch victory. Frisch still fighting to keep pace with DRS at 8 no coming into this game. The West crown already locked up for the Cougars. TABC at 4-1-2, still looking to approve their seating, not wanting to have to face DRS or Frisch on the road in the first round. Frisch getting the job done. Maury Bauer and Joe Tropp, two line mates we've heard about all year, each scoring two goals and two assists to lead Frisch in the 4-0 victory. Charlie Frelish with another shutout on the year, now having pitched four straight shutouts, last conceding a goal over a month ago in their 3-2 win over TABC. Frelish will look to keep it going against SAR after the break. To date, SAR has been the team that has scored the most goals off of Frelish this year, with the 7-3 Frisch win back on November 9th. Frisch here sweeps the season series against TABC, improves to 9-0, meaning that depending on what happens after the break, we could be in line for a coin flip for the number one seed in the playoffs with Frisch and DRS. The win for Frisch also means that Flatbush, at 17 points as a Central Division champion, as we just mentioned, is now officially locked into the three seed. Moving over to the east, Hank and Rambam did battle. Hank looking to take advantage of the TABC loss that we just discussed. Rambam, a last gasp effort to stay alive in the playoff race. The teams met in the first game of the season for both of them, with Hank taking a 6-2 victory. Neither team starting goalies in net for this game. Several key players missing for both sides. The game was bound to get interesting, and it started off innocently, with Hank taking a 3-2 lead at the end of the first, but gradually burst wide open, with Hank scoring six goals in the second, and route to a 9-4 victory. Jacob Schwartzman scored five goals for the Hurricanes in the victory. Yoni Hazan added three, and Jack Hamer scored one as well. For TABC, the Hank win makes today's game with Hafter all the more important. A loss for TABC would mean at most 12 points on the year, which would mean a no better than 6th place finish for the Storm. Hank is currently at 12 points with a game against North Shore on the other side of the break. So any Hank points would mean that TABC would be relegated to one of the bottom two slots and a first round meetup with either Frisch or DRS. For Rambam, finalist in each of the last two years, the loss officially eliminates them, finishing their season with a record of 1-5-1-3, six points. Moving on to the playoff race for the final playoff spot. Uh, North Shore keeps itself alive, defeating YDE 5-1. North Shore now has a record of 3-5-1 with 7 points. Noam Silverman scored twice for the Stars. Andrew Gottlieb, Ben Pakovich, and Will Shaken scored as well. The win officially eliminates three teams, YDE, MTA, and Mag and David, and left only three teams, North Shore at seven points with a possible nine, 
SAR at 6 with a possible 12, and Ramaz at 5 with a possible 9. At least that was until Thursday night when SAR and Ramaz squared off. Henry Kolb would open up the game with a goal, keeping his offensive scoring streak alive and would net another later on for the sting. Romy Harkstark would top his teammates' performance, recording the hat-trick, while Judah Fortgang chipped in one as well in a 6-1 SAR victory. The loss would officially eliminate Ramaz, leaving only two teams to fight for the final playoff berth, North Shore and SAR, with SAR now holding a one-point lead. SAR can slam the door on North Shore with the return game against Ramaz this coming Wednesday night. In a game that really meant nothing to the standings, the Central Division saw Mag and David defeat Shari Torah 7-3, so this was everything in terms of Brooklyn pride. The last game remaining in the Central Division out of all the five teams that play will be these two again in their return game in a couple of weeks, so Mag and David and Shari Torah really just playing out the string. The only game left on the week was this afternoon, Hafter and TABC. Not having the result, we just want to take you through a little bit of what this game means to the re- to the, both the teams and the rest of the league. If Hafter won, it'll reach 15 points. Again, this is all, all regulation, not going to any speculation of what happens if it goes to overtime. But if Hafter won, it'll reach 15 points. This means two things. One, it'll guarantee that they can finish no lower than fifth. Two, it means that they'll be facing JEC in the first round. The only question left would be where that game would happen. Should Hafter then win against DRS on the other side of the break, they will jump into the fourth seed and the game would be played in Hafter. Anything else against DRS and Hafter will finish in fifth, meaning that they will head to JEC for their first round matchup. It would also leave TABC in danger of falling as far back as eighth should SAR defeat Ramaz and Frisch in their last two games. On the other hand, if TABC won today's matchup, it'll leave the door open for the Storm to still climb up to the fifth seed. Hank and Hafter would still have a chance as well, with Hafter having 13 points and DRS to go, Hank having 12 points and North Shore to go, and TABC having 12 points and MTA still to play. None of those teams will, however, be able to host a first-round game, as a Hafter loss, even in overtime, makes it impossible for any of the remaining teams to dislodge JEC from the fourth spot, meaning that the four first-round games would take place in Frisch, DRS, Flatbush, and JEC, with just the opponents to be determined. Those first three are already automatic, with them having won their respective divisions. Moving over to the standings for the week in JV Hockey. Uh, starting off in the East, DRS at 9-0, 18 points. Hafter right behind them at 6-1-0-1, 13 points. And Hank at 5-2-0-2, 12 points. Those three have already clinched playoff spots, with DRS having clinched the Eastern Conference. Still looking for a... Uh, a finish, either a playoff spot or elimination, is North Shore at 3-5-1 with 7 points. At the bottom of the division, already eliminated and finishing no better than last place in the division, Rambam finishing out their season at 1-5-1-3 with 6 points. In the Central, three of the five teams have already completed their seasons. Flatbush uh, taking the Central Division crown at 8-1-0-1 with 17 points. JEC right behind them at 8-2 with 16 points. YDE finishes their season at 3-7 and seven with 6 points. Mag and David and Shari Torah, the only two teams still remaining uh, having to be played, but they're eliminated as well, also with YDE 
Mag and David at two and seven, Shari at zero and nine. Their last two game, their last game will be against each other. And out west, Frisch and TABC already clinching playoff berths. Frisch at nine and zero, still undefeated. TABC at four two and two, ten points right behind them. Both again clinching playoff spots. SAR looking to do so as well this week at three three and two, with eight points behind them. Ramaz eliminated this week two six zero and one. MTA at two and seven. Taking a look at the games ahead for the coming week, not very much on the board. Again, only one after today's game. Ramaz and SAR doing battle on Wednesday night. Again, this is a return game from Thursday night. Ramaz can only play spoiler. SAR can punch their playoff ticket with a win. Taking a look at the rankings for the week, a lot of them mostly stayed the same. DRS still at 1 with their win over JEC. Not much higher they can really go. Frisch at 2 with their win over TABC. Hafter stays at 3, being idle. Hank stays at 4 with the win over Rambam. TABC stays at 5 despite the loss to Frisch, just because of the movement uh, below them. JEC fell, uh, sorry, sorry, JEC stayed the same with their loss to DRS. Flatbush, having not played, stayed at 7th. SAR stayed at 8th with the win over Ramaz. Rambam stayed at 9 with the loss to Hank. North Shore stayed at 10 despite the win over YDE. Ramaz at 11 uh, with the loss to SAR. MTA at 12, YDE stays at 13, Mag and David at 14, and Shari Torah at 15. Just to give you a little more of an idea of what's still left for JV Hockey, on the other side of the break, there are five games left, with four of them having playoff implications. We'll get a little more into each of these remaining games and the playoff implications that they have over the next few weeks uh, over the break, when there's no action, where we'll just go over the playoff scenarios for JV Hockey. Moving on now to Varsity Hockey. Uh, over in the East, four games this week impacting the bottom section of the playoff bracket, with four teams having already clinched a playoff berth. Hank, Mag, and David, and Solomon Schechter all came into the week with a shot at the last playoff spot in the division. Mag and David at eight points with one game remaining. Solomon Schechter with four games remaining, and Hank with three games remaining, each with seven points. First game of the week, Rombaum and Hank squared off in Rombaum on Monday night, coming off of two shaky games against DRS and Flatbush. Rombaum needed this game to right the ship as they still fight for a top-two spot in the Eastern Conference. Coming into the game at 8-3 and three with 16 points, the possibility of being overtaken by DRS or Flatbush still remained. For Hank, the month of December was a nightmare. Their last win, November 30th, a win over Mag and David, which brought them to a record of 3-3. Three and three. Coming into this one, though, their record, 3-7-0-1, having dropped five games in the last month of the year, including an overtime loss to Solomon Schechter and a regulation loss to MTA. Rambam would strike first in this one. Noah Schwartz getting the Ravens on the board four minutes into the game. 30 seconds later, Avi Orlau took a pass from Harry Tannen on a two-on-one and converted it into Rambam's second tally of the night. Hank would settle down, and the possession game would be nearly even in the second and parts of the third. In the third, however, the Ravens would add two more, a second from Orlau, and a goal by Daniel Kerman in the final two minutes would seal the 4-0 victory. Charlie Altman with another shutout on the year. The win places Rombaum at 9-3 with 18 points. 
with Flatbush only able to reach 17. The Ravens have pulled themselves out of the pit of the potential of playing the wildcard play-in game and into a top-three spot. With DRS's 5-0 win over Solomon Schechter, though, DRS can still hit the 18-point mark. And with tiebreakers, which we'll get into next uh, over the next two weeks, with the tiebreakers, could actually still catch up to Rambam. As for Hank, the Hurricanes would look to rebound Wednesday night against the team that they last won against, Mag and David. For Mag and David, this would be their last game of the year. And with Hank and Solomon Schechter one point behind them, only a win or a tie would really keep them alive in the playoff race. Unfortunately for the Warriors, though, it was not meant to be dropping the game to Hank 7-1. Joseph Lindenblatt recording the hat-trick for the Hurricanes. For Megan David, the loss finishes their regular season schedule at 4-10 and with only 8 points. In direct result with the game, Hank now leapfrogs them with 9 points. As for the other team still in that race, Solomon Schechter also had two games on the week. Uh, the first, that 5 nothing loss to DRS that we just discussed. Noah Wilkowski getting the shutout in the spot start for his third win of the season for the Wildcats. As I mentioned a moment ago, the win still keeps DRS in the race for a top three seed, depending on their last game with Hafter and Flatbush's last game with Frisch. DRS will also, again, as I said, still have an outside shot at the two seed, should Rambam falter against Solomon Schechter in both games after the vacation. In Solomon Schechter's second game of the week, they were shut out yet again, this time by North Shore for nothing. North Shore goals by Greg Barry, Justin Silbiger, Jacob Horowitz, and Abraham Goldman, and the shutout by Jack Tagerstein with number two on the year. This one, a shutout for the Stars. So Solomon Schechter going 0-2 on the week puts them two points behind Hank heading into the break. We'll go more into detail about what each team needs over the next few weeks when we have our playoff recap. Going over to the West, two games involving all four combatants who came into the week with six or seven wins. Again, Kushner, Frisch, SAR and Ramaz all coming in with six or seven wins to the to the last week. Kushner at 6-4 and four, uh, entering the week was just looking to solidify a hold on the playoff spot, hoping to keep ahead of MTA in the race for the postseason. Their opponents Frisch at 7-3, and three, while only one game ahead looking in a little higher direction, looking to keep pace with SAR in the race for a top-two spot in the division. Cougars opened up the scoring, with Brian Alter hitting the net for a one nothing lead. Kushner's Arthur Greenfield and Frisch's Stevie Brin would trade goals and the score would be 2-1 to one heading into the closing stages of the game, when a Kushner penalty seemed to have put Frisch into prime position to kill the rest of the evening off. But with a minute 30 left, the Cobras' Ellie Slonim picked up the ball and put it into the Frisch net for a shorthanded goal to tie the game at 2, and the game would go to overtime. Going to take you back to last year for a second, when these two teams met up in the Kushner rink. Uh, Frisch holding a 4-3 lead before Lewis Reese netting the game-tying goal with the clock winding down and then getting the game-winner in overtime. Well, this one would be a case of deja vu. With just under two minutes to go in the extra session, Greenfield would slam home an Alec Rabinowitz feed for his second of the night, capping off a 3-2 Kushner come-from-behind victory. For the Cobras, the win opens up new possibilities for them in the postseason chase. The Cobras can now avoid the play-in 4-5 game if their cards fall right. They took a decent step in that direction with a win over Westchester last night to improve its record to 8-4, 16 points, 
one ahead of Frisch. For Frisch, though, taking at least one point on the night was crucial, as they now still control their own destiny as it relates to the three seed. Should they win out, they will earn the spot and can still jump SAR for the two. Unfortunately for Frisch, though, the schedule does not start out on an easy note for them, playing TABC tomorrow night. A loss would swing control over to Kushner, who could themselves take the three seed should they win out. Just another side note, the Frisch loss also means that the Western Conference crown has been decided, with Frisch's max point total now only at 21. TABC, currently at 22 points, can only be tied by SAR, but with TABC holding the tiebreak over the Sting as a result of their two victories this season, the Storm are, once again, your Western Conference champions, and will host a first-round game against the winner of the East 4-seed versus West 5-seed play-in game. In the other crucial game at the top of the West, SAR at 7-3 did battle with Ramaz at 7-4, and, and they squared off in the first of what would be two games, one this past week, one this coming week. Both teams would receive significant boosts prior to this one, as Ramaz learned that it would finally, once again, have the services of Alex Glaubach, missing since early November with a wrist injury in the game against TABC. The sting would come in the form of a move-up of Gordy Kolb to the varsity roster prior to last week's roster freeze. For the sting, the move would pay off immediately. Only five minutes into the game, Kolb would fire one into the back of the net, and his night would not end there. Kolb would finish the game with a hat-trick, and with Josh Rosenberg and Ezreal Lavi also scoring, SAR rolled to a 5-2 win. The victory puts SAR at 8-3 and, and has them on the cusp of clinching a playoff spot, needing either an MTA loss or a win of their own. With a game against winless Westchester this week and the return game of this matchup against Ramaz and Ramaz, it's possible that SAR will punch their postseason ticket before next Sunday's court report airs. Ramaz at 7-5, and five, however, is in a very interesting position. Currently, they are two points up on MTA and one point behind Frisch, both of whom have one more game than them remaining. Ramaz will not have an easy time gaining points, as their games left are with SAR again and Kushner. But they also know that MTA will, ha will be having an even more difficult road, still needing to face TABC twice and also Kushner, and needing to jump over Ramaz, not just tying them, if they want to make the postseason. The Rams are going to hope to avoid the playing game, but do not have that control and will neither just start picking up points and can uh, do well for themselves in the game with SAR this coming week. Two games on the week featuring the three teams right behind them all battling uh, to keep pace for that last playoff spot, MTA, JEC, and Westchester. In the first game, JEC and Westchester did battle. JEC winning and holding off Westchester 6-5. to five. Jason Silverstein, normally the goalie, playing offense for the night, scoring a hat-trick for the Thunder. Yoni Apson also adding three goals. So, who played net, you ask? Defenseman Yitzis Wickler. His first and only game in net, pulling out the 6-5 victory. The Thunder would be in action again later on in the week, this time with Silverstein back in net in what would be a very important game for both teams. MTA at 5-5 five five needed points to keep pace with the rest of the division. A loss would max their possible point total at 16, with all five teams above them within two points of jumping that very total. 
JEC coming in at 4-6-0-2 could only afford a win if they wanted to stay in the playoff hunt. The Thunder opened the scoring first. The Lions, though, would wrestle the lead away with two goals by Zach Borgen. JEC would score again to not the game at two. But in the overtime session that ensued, Borgen would become the hat-trick hero, tallying his third goal of the game, giving MTA the victory, pulling them above 500 for the first time this season at 6-5, currently riding the wave of a three-game win streak, heading into their toughest stretch of games on the other side of the vacation. We'll get into it a bit deeper over the next few weeks as we jump into our playoff reset right here on the Court Report. No games on the day to talk about, so we're just going to head right into the standings, taking a look at the varsity hockey standings. Starting off in the east, top uh, the top part is uh, all settled in terms of uh, playoff clinches. Hafter, Rambam, DRS, and Flatbush have all clinched playoff berths. Hafter, 10-1-0-2, 22 points. Rambam behind them at 9-3 with 18 points. DRS at 8-5 with 16 points. Hafter and DRS only have one game remaining, as well as Flatbush. Bush at 7-5-0-1 with 15 points. All all three of them at 13 games having played. Rambam with two games remaining. Um, again, looking to make that push for the division. At the bottom of the division, still looking for that last playoff entry. Hank, 4-8-0-1 with nine points. And behind them, uh, Mag and David, whose season is over at 4-10 with eight points. Again, they cannot catch for the final playoff spot. Salman Schechter, though, still in the race at 3-8-0-1 with seven points. Eliminated, though, Salman Schechter could be eliminated should, uh, should Hank pick up a win against North Shore on the other side of the break. And uh, and Salman Schechter not pick up uh, points in both of the games because Salman Schechter will need to at least tie them to uh, to at least have a shot uh, for a playing game between the two heading uh, into the battle for the final spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Out in the West, again, TABC so far the only team that's clinched a playoff berth and having clinched the division, uh, again, as a result of that Frisch overtime loss to Kushner. Behind them, SAR, Kushner, Frisch, and Ramaz all in a tight pack. SAR at 8-3 and and Kushner at 8-4, and both teams with 16 points. Frisch and Ramaz with 7 wins. Frisch at 7-3-0-1, 15 points. Ramaz at 7-5. 14 points. Uh, SAR can clinch with a win this week over uh, Ramaz or an MTA loss to TABC or Kushner on the other side of the break. Kushner, Frisch, and Ramaz will all need wins and an MTA loss unless they get two wins uh, in order uh, two wins first in order to clinch that playoff spot. MTA at six and five above 500 with 12 points at the bottom of the division. JEC and Westchester both eliminated. JEC at four six zero oh, and three with 11 points. Westchester at zero oh, and 12. JEC will finish off their season on the other side of the break uh, as uh, Westchester will have one game this week and will also finish it off when they come when we as a as a collective group come back from vacation. Westchester not part of that group. Again, part of the uh, few teams or a few schools that uh, do not have their break really now, more at the uh, end of December. Um, taking a look at the games on the week, only three games on the week. Tomorrow night, Frisch and TABC. Again, the Storm having already clinched division. Frisch desperately needing this game for playoff seeding. Tuesday night, we'll see Westchester hosting SAR, and Wednesday night We'll see Ramaz hosting SAR in the return game uh, that we just discussed.
Let's take a look now at the rankings for varsity hockey. TABC stays in the one spot. I think they'll probably end up staying that way for the rest of the year, uh, assuming they don't take major losses down the back end. Number two, uh, SAR staying there with their win over Amaz, half the remaining in the three spot, being idle on the week. Frisch staying at number four, despite the loss to Kushner, the overtime loss to Kushner. Rambam staying at five, uh, despite the victory to Hank. DRS staying pat at six with the win over Solomon Schechter. Kushner uh, picking up two big wins on the week, the overtime win over Frisch and the win over Westchester last night, jumps from the 9 to the 7 spot. Ramaz dropping from the 7 back to the 8 spot with a loss to SAR. Flatbush being idle on the week, getting caught in in Kushner's wave this week, will drop back from the 8th to the ninth spot. MTA with the overtime win over JEC, uh, sorry, they stay actually at the 10th spot, and JEC with the win to Westchester and the overtime loss to MTA will stay in the 11th spot. Hank with the 1-1 one one on the week with the win over Mag and David, and the loss to Rambam stays at 12. Mag and David staying at 13 with the loss to Hank. North Shore, the win over Solomon Schechter, keeps them above Solomon Schechter at 14. Solomon Schechter's two losses on the week to DRS and North Shore keep it at 15, while Westchester rounds out with the losses to JEC and Kushner on the week. Before we wrap up for the week, let's move to the Words for the Wise section of our show. This week, uh, continuing the 100 best sports quotes of all time, uh, taking you through the... uh, uh, generally, I've, I had the I had from the 80s section a couple of weeks ago. I'd move on to 70s, but I, I found one that I just couldn't pass up at number 80. Mike Singletary quoted as saying, "Do you know what my favorite part of the game is? The opportunity to play." Uh, that when I read that, I was like, "I cannot pass this up." So, uh, for so many of us, uh, we, f- we sort of uh, take for granted that uh, that you know that playing the game isn't the you know, isn't the, the main aspect. You know, we're all so consumed with, uh, you know, playing time and winning that sometimes we just forget that, that the real the real blessing and the real miracle in all of us is that we get to play sports. We get to have fun. We get to represent uh, ourselves, our families, our, our schools. We just get to go out there on the floor and just enjoy ourselves. And we get sort of wrapped up in all of the nonsense surrounding the game. Uh, really, for, for us, focus really should be on going out there, having fun playing a sport that we really, really enjoy, whether it's hockey, basketball, volleyball, tennis, whatever it is, soccer, whatever you play in Yeshiva League sports. Focus on the fact that the best part of being there is just getting to be out there. Well, that about wraps up our show. I want to say a thank you to all of you for listening in. Again, over the next few weeks, we're going to be... Uh to be uh, going through the play. We're going to, obviously we have games over the week, so we'll be doing recaps of all the games for the week, but uh, over the next few weeks, we're also going to be getting knee-deep into our playoff uh, our playoff segments, where we will take you through each, each division, each uh, conference, and show you exactly what each team needs to get to what particular spot as they, as they round up their regular season of play. If you missed 
any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, jam in the a.m. with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m., live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com.